Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Cult Pop Show podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash everybody and welcome to the cop popture podcast this episode is patreon sample pack volume three it is just aj here up in the intro to let you know what's going on um so yeah this is our third sort of sample pack we've done where we give you a taste of what you can get the exclusive content that you can get over on our patreon the first time we did this was like a year and a half ago and the second time we did this was two weeks ago um so we're in a bit of a a break so um we're trying to to space out the podcasts that aren't just recycled content and baby you got recycled content week but if you haven't heard of the cold popcher patreon before um this is what you this is the kind of stuff you can get if you sign up to it over at patreon.com slash cold popcher you're going to hear two of our exclusive podcast today one is called film franchise follow-ups where we look at an extra piece of media that maybe has come out since we covered a certain franchise or it always existed but wasn't a movie that sort of thing um so and you we're also going to play you an episode of generic underscore movie underscore podcast dot exe which is a podcast where we watch a movie that is chosen by our patrons so if you want to get in on this then go over to patreon dot com slash cult popsha and sign up to any of the tiers these specific podcasts are rewards on the cult member tier which is five dollars a month and the cult leader tier which is ten dollars a month so go over there and um and sign up today and check out probably a hundred other episodes just like this that might be a bit of an exaggeration actually but you know two a month for three years that's 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 three quarters of the way to a hundred. I don't know. Someone should count how many there are for us. But if you go over there and and sign up today, you get to listen to um, all sorts of episodes just like this. So the film franchise follow-ups you're going to listen to today is for High School Musical, the musical, the series, uh, which is the disney plus exclusive um spin-off sequel series to high school musical um so this is a a podcast we recorded about a year ago uh where we talk about high school musical the musical the series we run down what happens in it we talk about who's who whether or not we think it's good so here is high school musical the musical the series Hey patrons and welcome to the first episode of 
film franchise follow-ups of the mother flippin' decade. It's 2020, we're, we're doing away with potty mouths, we're not swearing anymore, Richard. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I just choked on my own rage. Oh, wow. To, um, I, was just gonna, I was gonna come out with like a tirade of profanity, uh, yeah. and then it got caught in my throat. Nah, dude, it's 2020. It's time to leave uh, foul language in the past, I think. Um, and, you know, it's not censoring yourself if you don't want to say it. Mm. Yeah. Well, oh, God, I love cussing. Yeah, well, not anymore. Got to find something else to love. Perhaps compliments and polite mm. phrases. Have you got any? The, um, thank you. For what? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That's just a polite phrase. Oh yes, your lo- your hair is looking nice today. No, it's not. Well, I wasn't all right. So this is I, I, film I, didn't, I didn't know we'd be doing lies in twenty twenty. <laughs> it's not lies if you believe it. You just got to make yourself believe it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, as you guys know, this is our five dollar tier podcast where we return to a franchise of old, one that we've covered on the mother podcast, being uh, film franchise four nights. And we go back and we find, I don't know, maybe another movie that has been released since we covered it, or a video game, or a TV show, in this Mm. case. And this episode, we're going to be talking about High School Musical, the musical, the series, uh, which is the Disney Plus exclusive uh, High School Musical spin-off TV series, um, which... I will admit, Richard, I was actually looking pretty forward to. When I, when the trailer dropped, I was like, this looks pretty interesting. What a what a weird idea. Because Richard, what you know, you hear you hear they're doing a high school musical TV show, you think, okay, so it'll be the you know, the same kind of story yeah. structure to high school musical, but Richard, what is different about high school musical the musical so, the series? High school musical the musical the series uh takes place in our world where oh. the uh, High School Musical uh, series of films are a popular film trilogy with a little-known spin-off uh, featuring Sharpay. It's uh, never mentioned. It's never mentioned in the series. <laughs> and so it's, um, yeah, it's set uh, at the high school where High School Musical was filmed. So um, these people are going to a high school knowing that they shot a famous film there, and then they get a new drama teacher who is shocked to learn that they've never put on a production of High School Musical the musical. And so they put one on and it's shot in that kind of mockumentary modern family parks and rec Mm. sort of style i was and there'll be spoilers for this show uh if you haven't seen it um because we're probably not gonna you know it's 2020 we're not censoring ourselves (laughs) and um i did i don't know if i'd say i was disappointed but it is worth noting that it is more like that modern family kind of thing where it's not really that there are that it's that they're making a documentary there it's 
it's, it's that just, they uh, so they have a way to lazily have characters tell the camera how they're feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's it's they have a sides as they call them in drama class, yeah. which serve as a narrative device. It's not really that they're doing a documentary, which was really hammered home when we see one of the characters have a dream sequence in one of the later episodes. Yeah, for sure. And I was yeah, like, yeah. how would they film this in a documentary? Yeah. Um, so uh, the I guess another notable thing about the series is that it's very much um, I feel, but I'm an old man now. I feel it's it's a it's a really uh, honest and um, accurate depiction of like Zuma generation like the kids in high school at the moment. There might be a few things that are like, oh, kids would never say that. But I, for the I, most part... I think it's probably more like that. I would think that the best representation of people currently in high school, there's two actually. One is eighth grade and the other is American Vandal. Mm, yeah, and this is sort of... Yeah, totally. This, but this, this is sort this of is, like This a, is the, like, the... Um, this is the version of today's teens that parents wish their kids were. For sure. But but that being said, High School Musical the Musical the series isn't completely squeaky clean, which is shocking because it's a spin-off to a very squeaky clean series of films. And also it's it's still Disney. But like the in the in the I know, I know this is gonna sound mild, but hey, it's twenty twenty and we're not swearing. Like they they bleep out S H I T in 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 one the first episode, episode. Yeah. but but, that, but that's like, still like significant. Like, oh, you know? this this thing, like it's not squeaky clean. Like, better not show your parents that you're um <laughs> like kissing someone yeah. or that you're using the L word. Um, yeah. love lesbians, Sorry. of which there are two lesbians in this yeah. series. The one of the main characters, her she has two mums. The main character, um, yeah, the main character. There's. Uh, a couple of gay guys in it, one of whom plays Sharpay. So it, it sort of, um, you know, has flashes of, I guess, gender conversation in it. And in, in dramatic contrast to other Disney properties, such as The Rise of Skywalker, I thought it was quite tasteful that, like, they they the characters are inarguably gay. Like, they get together and, and, and you see them, you know, kiss each other and stuff. And it's it's like... I, I can't help but wonder, like, why... <laughs> the way why... your face, like, because you were thinking. I thought you were just going to be like, and it's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. It's awesome. And and I don't know, it's annoying to, to know that they're, they're kind of doing really nice representation of LGBT uh, culture on on their streaming service, and yet they're kind of dropping the ball in their major motion pictures. And I, I wonder if they use Disney Plus as maybe like a proving ground for this kind of stuff. Um, because what the the most interesting thing about this show, Richard, and I'll say this up top, I wouldn't say I particularly enjoyed this show. Uh, I, I think it has a lot of flaws, um, but I didn't particularly enjoy most of the high school musical movies either, so whatever. But what is interesting about it, and what I've never seen another piece of media do, is use another piece of media as such a heavy, strong backdrop. Like, people talk about the High School Musical movies in the series all the time like it's, you know, the Bible, like it's 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 the legends of old. They're constantly referencing it in a way that, that I was like, this is real interesting. 
I think this is a very interesting show. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Like, once the you find out the premise and you go, oh, that sounds fun. And then the first episode has a couple of fun little things. I got over it pretty quick. It just becomes Riverdale, you know, like um, yeah, that kind it's- of zuma um attractive like teenagers complaining about you know love and shit and it feels closer to like disney channel um yeah yeah TV sure shows but than, i mean like that's just riverdale's my go-to example of just yeah, like yeah. you know rich white kid relationship drama and i know they're not all white as well it's pretty diverse cast yeah i mean i'd the, say you know the they, four characters on the poster they they, they meet the like white. you know 2020 bare minimum well what do you want what's the <laughs> i don't know it's Where's just such a like, middle ground like, here? It, it's it has the potential to be this like quite a cool idea and then it just becomes like so paint by numbers and then with just high school musicals the backdrop yeah no i agree because like, like, I... the thing you mentioned about like sharpay is a guy Mm. I, I I don't remember that character's name at all. He, he's like in the first episode, he he they say, "Oh, you're reading for Ryan." And he goes, "No, I want to play Sharpay," and they go, "Oh, wow!" And then he's not seen again until like episode eight, when no, he, you're like, like, "Oh, he is still playing Sharpay. That's cool." And he's the yeah. he's the most talented person in the cast as well. Yeah, um, I no, you're right. And and as I say, it's not perfect. And I thought it was interesting that kind of the character drama, which I actually thought was pretty compelling, at least initially. I'll say this. I think the first half of the show is a lot better than the second half of the show. Your um, last two episodes are just the show. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Um, but so the, the main kind of character drama is the main characters' names are Nini and what's the guy's name? Josh and EJ. No, no. Uh, Ricky. Ricky and Nini. Oh, I think Josh is the actor's name. Oh, okay. And um and so the their kind of main central drama is they used to be dating, but she told him that she loves him and he couldn't say it back. And then they had a break. And then over summer camp she started dating a guy named EJ. And so Ricky joins the musical as a way to try and uh rekindle his relationship with Nene. And I was like, Yeah, fine. That's a you know, there's I don't have I any like, problem. That's fine. a that's a good character drama, and, and actually remind that there are flashes of like Scrubs in this show. I thought particularly in that the main the the central character kind is kind of morally ambiguous for a lot of it, and doesn't <laughs> make a, a lot of very likable protagonist decisions. Um, I thought, but he's imperfect, and I thought it was cool. And they, you know, he gets the part of Troy, and she gets Gabriella, and you go, oh, so now it's going to be all about like how they they uh, balance their. Uh, you know destroyed relationship while playing two characters who are falling in love and it like never goes into that mm. you never see them rehearsing as troy and gabriella it never plays with what you would think would be the 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 central kind of concept you know the conceit of their relationship you never really see that throughout the mm. show in fact you don't actually see a lot of rehearsing and it tends to favor the char- inter-character drama which isn't bad i didn't think the mm. the drama between the the sort of four to five um main characters and the the various love triangles that develop i th- i thought they were undeveloped and underdeveloped in the end but i didn't i didn't mm. dislike them you know yeah i don't know yeah i i just found myself so not caring the whole time oh yeah it's not for us this um, is yeah, a show that's for- the thing it's not for us <laughs> but um but i i was hoping 
it would be because I I, I would mm. say I'm a fan of the original series. And mm. um, so there's like a behind the scenes High School Musical, the musical, the series, the special. Um, and it's like all the, the main cast being like, oh my God, like when I was growing up, I was obsessed with High School Musical. Um, and then one of them's like, oh, I won tickets to the premiere of the third one. And it's like age five at the premiere of the third one. And it's like, fucking hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe this, I guess the show just made me feel old and maybe that just made me angry. Mm. Maybe I'm just a bitter old man. Yeah. My best years are behind me. I think the worst things about this show is that it delves, like, in, in what I assume is, like, a stretch to reach their 10-episode order. Um, it mm. goes to, there's some weird drama that they kind of have to manufacture, like, real-world drama. Because for the most of it, it's like, this is the real world. You mm. know, High School Musical's the movie, but then, like, more dramatic things happen in the Yeah, TV like, show. it should have been focused on, like, <laughs> Stuff like that doesn't happen in real life, you know? Yeah, so well, the the two big things, uh, at one point they accidentally burned down the, half the school. Mm. <laughs> they burned down the drama department by accident, and I was like, this is stupid. And then it's nowhere near earned by what happens next. Like, it just doesn't really affect the plot. But the mm, thing They go that, and rehearse somewhere else for an episode, and then they go, oh, you're allowed back in the school. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the thing that, that I was like, uh, I'm not enjoying this, is that it's revealed about halfway through the show that the drama teacher, who's a main character in, in the in the series, so um, she's actually not really a teacher, and she kind of flubbed her way in the, into landing a, a, a position in the, in the school staff uh, because she uh, is like a failed like dramatic actress and wants her her chance to to shine again and she sees this as her second chance and this gets found out and the way that she keeps her job is that the students who are so enamored with with a teacher who frankly in at this point in the series you haven't really seen her do enough to earn the unbridled love of her drama for sure she's just kind of annoying she's just a discount Kristen chenoweth yes yeah but uh, maybe that's the point maybe that's her character she yeah. does kind of she does make a reference to the fact that she's a glinda at one point yeah 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 she played she was played by yeah, christian yeah. chenoweth right i'm yeah. surprised you made the reference <laughs> oh thanks dude um and uh the way that she keeps her job is during like the pta meeting where they're they're kind of judging her uh all the students come in and do a, a song and dance number and the 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 board are like well the students love her We'd best keep her, and it's like, oh my yeah, the god! The board who includes um, the the girl who loves to pop and lock um, oh, from the her? original High School Musical. Wow, um, one of two cameos from original stars. Um, mm. And midway because we watched the episode about the same time, and yeah. I was like, oh, it's that girl from the original. And I was like, what's the bit that either chad or ryan is gonna have like they'll make a big deal about someone from the original appearing and it'll be chad or ryan and it was ryan and then mm. in the behind the scenes thing chad shows up as well right <laughs> i thought uh lucas grabeel ryan's um cameo was great I thought. oh yeah it was great he uh, like although i did find it so weird because i mean yeah people age whatever but he looks exactly like this guy that i studied with who's like <laughs> the weirdest like the, the like the katana fedora kid you know um mm. and he looks like exactly like him and i saw him in the background of a shot in the special and i had to do a double take even though i knew it was him um <laughs> so that did kind of weird me out a little bit yeah. um 
but yeah, I love Luke. Um, and he uh, in the behind the scenes thing, he goes, "Hi, I'm Lucas Graybeal," and yeah, yeah, it's a hard A. So wow, it was always a hard A. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, um, what did you think of the performances? I want to talk about. So I thought the the acting of the characters in the real world of the series was fine. Like it's it seems not necessarily grounded, but it's a high, slightly hyper realized TV show. I didn't think they were very the characters were very good actors. Though. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. So there's like the the final um, two episodes when they're performing the musical, and Nini, the main character, uh, keeps on like just pausing in the middle of it to look at somewhat like an, an admissions officer for the big like school mm. and then who then spoiler alert at the end of it is like i want to offer you a place you start next month which doesn't fucking happen in real <laughs> life um and then um it's like no you didn't do a good job and i don't mm. i don't think i'm I, I feel like you're gonna disagree with me but i don't think nini was very good in the whole series i don't think other than the guy playing Sharpay, I don't think any of them had particularly good singing voices as well. Um, mm. Like there was, uh, especially during when they did Breaking Free during the actual show, it's like so auto tuned. Um, mm. Although the the um, the woman who play the girl who plays the teacher um, in the yeah. musical, she was quite good. She's quite a good singer. Yeah, uh, the I agree that they're not that. Yeah, the the thing about the show that they put on is like, I don't know about you, Richard, but I get fucking anxious. Sorry. Sorry, I'm going to rewind there. I get flippin' anxious watching uh, high school productions and like seeing people screw up. And I hate it in TV shows and movies where they have a production, like a play, and <laughs> there's just so many things in it which in real life would make you just go like oh it's so cringy and awkward and like the, because it's a tv show they have to build drama so like this one part where the characters uh, an actor replaces a, a, another actor for the character and they like hold their mic so the audience can't hear them and they're like where's ricky what's happened and it's like oh my god stop <laughs> it like, you're on stage perform perform yeah because like ricky leaves halfway through uh, because EJ is his understudy to play Troy, and he's playing Chad. Mm. So they're like, again, you get what could be a fun dynamic of like these two mortal enemies having to play best friends. Yeah, yeah. And he also, EJ wants to take down Ricky so he can take over the role of Troy. And, and um, he's also, they, they also uh, are both in love with Nini. We're both yeah, yeah. dated Nini. Um, and then, yeah, the old boyfriend and the new boyfriend. So, um, yeah, and then Ricky messes up in the first half and he's like dude i don't want to put nini off you have to go on and he doesn't mm. tell her this and it's like that's gonna throw it off clearly <laughs> the fact that you've fucking i mean that you've um hey uh, flipping fuck. no fuck um, oh god god damn it no <laughs> uh the fact that you know you've just walked out and she has no idea she's coming on stage to do mm. the you know also, funny thing, and there's like during the show you see like some highlights of the movie of them performing it, and then <laughs> there's one bit where um, uh, Gabrielle is walking with her friend who goes like, um, "Oh, unless you know how to speak cheerleader, like isn't Troy like the super hottie bomb?" And it cuts just before Nini has a chance to deliver the immortal line 
I guess I don't know how to speak cheerleader, which if you remember from our live mm. podcast, is one of my least favorite line deliveries <laughs> in all of cinema history. Yeah. So maybe she could have redeemed it. But and yet she wasn't very good, so I doubt she would have been able to just do that <laughs> one line well. <laughs> yeah. Um all right. Well, what did you think of the original songs that appear in the series? And they're always diegetic. They they're always uh, the characters are performing a so- an original song to someone else, which is a cool way to make sure that it's still like this a slightly more grounded reality than the films itself. Mm, yeah, the fact that they like th- yeah they're overproduced for someone singing them in real time. Yeah, they're but- overproduced, and and they're also just like I, I guess I don't know. I have I hung out them. musical like theatre kids, and that is what they do. <laughs> I like some of them. There's there's one at the the first original song you hear is when Nini um tells Ricky that she loves him, and it's it's called like I think I kinda you know yeah, that's what and it's I called. thought that that was a sweet song. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and and that that was very like realistic that like this you know quirky girl mm. would write a song on a ukulele for her boyfriend. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like the the original songs were like they were all cute, but none of them stuck in my head longer than mm. the length of the song. Other than I think you kind of you know because that they repeat that a few times. Yeah, yeah. The drama teacher um makes the the student who's playing uh, Mrs. What's her name? In the I want to say Danforth, but that's Chad's Dan, last name. Dan. Because she goes, Mr. Danforth. Mrs. Darbus, the teacher in High School Musical. So the student playing the teacher in High School Musical, um, the drama teacher in real life, gives that student, tells that student she wants her to do an original ballad about how Miss Darbus is like a failed drama. It's like a parallel for the drama teacher's actual life. Um, But it's like so unlike needed it's not needed in the story of high school musical and it's a cool song again it's an original song that's kind of neat but it's almost like making this two-dimensional character needlessly a three-dimensional character so that you need to like see her get closure and we know in the film that she doesn't get closure because Mm. she's like a background character um so this is just me critiquing the fictional drama teacher's story making storytelling (laughs) i also um another bad actor in the series um is so there's like the rival uh teacher who's mm. uh what he's like the tech teacher yeah yeah um, he has a robotics club yeah but like his it just sounds like he's putting on a voice the whole time <laughs> like he walks into him he's like hello everyone uh, oh I don't, I don't care about your silly musicals but he does and, in the end in the yeah, end he, he saves the day care. the tech desk. um but it's like you can see him like pushing his 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 neck back to like make his voice sound deeper um yeah i don't know they're making a season two yeah, they are making a season two, which is important because also like uh, the rise of Skywalker. At the end, uh, one of the characters who you think has moved away turns up again, and then one of the characters is like, "Oh, but I don't want you to have to leave. Maybe there's a way." Hmm. And she's like, "What are you thinking?" And then you don't find out, which presumably will be covered in season two. Mm. Which God, what could it, what could she be thinking? Yeah. What are you what thinking? Possible- um. Skywalker, <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? Uh, I was more referring to the um, Finn not not telling Ray what he what he wanted to tell her, but like, what possible solution to your sixteen year old friend moving away with their family could you come up with? 
Like, just live with me. Your parents will be fine with it. We'll all move. <laughs> yeah, we'll all it. move. You know that'll be it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, one thing I actually, I that hit me harder than I thought it would in this in this series. Um, because, because I was like, I think the thing I was most invested in this series, or at least most intrigued by, was Nini and Ricky's mending relationship. And... At the, in the last episode, after they like, um, do you do such a stellar job of the stage production? <laughs> Which, but is the, are they only doing it once? Are they only yeah, doing? Well, that's it- the thing because they talk about like, um, the way they do it. It's so like final and everything like that. And then, um, she's like, "Here, you start in a month." But it's like they keep referring to it as opening night, not like the big performance. Yeah. So it's and like they this- have like a party the night that it finishes. Hmm. So. Presumably, they're only doing one night, which isn't, um, you know, it's, it's, a, not, it's, yeah. a, it's a high school drama. Um, but after after all that, they kind of meet backstage and it's clear that, you know, their, their relationship has been somewhat rekindled. and But it's just kind of awkward and he doesn't want to say anything. And then as she leaves and he just goes, I love you. And he has a, it's a very, I thought it was a very sweet scene, Richard, where he tells uh, her. Yeah, it wasn't it. too bad. Yeah, I, I, it, it, was, it felt like a like a it's the first time in a long time I've felt like a unresolved sexual tension release that was so um satisfying. Sexy. You know? Like it was cool to see them tell each other they love each other and, and, and it all to be all work out in the end. Yeah. Um, until she gets offered a space at the drama school in a month. Yeah. Complications oh She's, no. Um, yeah, the the actor that's real funny that the guy that plays Ricky always looks like he hasn't had a good night's sleep <laughs> like his eye he looks like he's been crying in every scene and i and i'll be like wait have i not been, has he been crying i i, I wasn't paying attention <laughs> and then even like behind the scenes i was and he's like talking to the camera about like how amazing it is to be in the show and i was like is, is he crying about this or is it just his, his eyes mm. and i don't mm. know maybe we will never know yeah oh, no, i know the show's two. fine do you know that the guy who plays Ricky is 19 and the girl who plays Nini is 16 and they kiss. And I don't know about you, but when I was 19, 16 year olds were off, off limits. 16 in year fact, olds would not kiss me. <laughs> EJ, who's her other boyfriend in the series is also, I think he's like 21. Mm. He looks <laughs> fucking older than everyone the, the, This is like the forbidden. <laughs> Like I don't know. I guess is it is that acceptable or generally that that it doesn't matter how old the actors are, uh, and yeah, I don't know. Just a thought, just an interesting thing about it. Um, look, I'll check out the first episode of season two. Well, we'll probably watch the whole thing for this, won't we? Will we? I don't know. Might we? Who knows? I don't know. Stay tuned to find out. Will we even have a Patreon then? Will we even have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it comes out like in in a month and we're like well we can we can we're not sure we don't know mm. um all right well i mean i don't know if i have much else to say about it i think i don't know go check it out if you want i wouldn't i wouldn't wholly not recommend it. <laughs> yeah it's 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 a watch it if you want like. yeah 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 um and i think it's it serves a purpose and as i said at the start i think it's a very interesting um idea and a concept uh that i haven't seen done before and i there are parts where i was like i like this more than the movies but i don't like the movies that much 
Um, and but and then overall, I feel like eh, probably not. <laughs> I'll be there for when they they finally convince um, Zac Efron to oh my god to, to make yeah, a cameo. Course. Um, which isn't actually that. I feel like that's not that out of reach. Neither or Vanessa Vanessa Hudgens you could easily get. Yeah, no, I feel like um, Zac Efron wouldn't do it. He's like, you mm. know, put his Disney days behind him. Yeah. Corbin Blue, Chad, is just mm. waiting for that phone call. He's waiting for it. Yeah, he'll be in season two. Who else? Um, the team, Mrs. Mrs. Darvis. Is anyone keeping tabs on her at all? <laughs> is she alright? Is she okay? Can someone please call the real Mrs. Darbus? Could she please stand up? <laughs> yeah, alright. Well, yeah, I would say uh, I enjoyed parts of it. Uh, it's a very interesting concept for a show. And if you are really in love with High School Musical, it's absolutely yeah. worth your yeah, time. Oh, the other weird thing, you know we were talking about like having to stretch out to its 10 episode count? It's mm. like um, the first couple of episodes, like thirty-eight minutes, and then the last, right? the last like three episodes are all like twenty-five. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Because I remember, because I was like, oh yes, yeah, I'm going to start it, and then I was like, fuck this, I'm not watching like <laughs> thirty-eight minutes. Um, Welcome to the world of streaming, streaming yeah. duration times. It don't matter. Nobody don't matter. wanna see us together, but it don't matter, no. Because I've got you, Richard. And we're all in this together, Richard. Yeah, we are. All of us. All two of us. What team? This team. What team? (laughs) Cole Popshire. What team? Film franchise follow-ups. Get your head in the game. Get your head in... When they played Get Your Head in the Game in the, the actual stage production in the series, I was like... I don't remember anything else other than get your head the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what other lyrics are in the song? Um, anyway, hey, you all right? Yeah, it's you just spilled some water. Front. Wow. I'm I'm not wearing any clothes at the moment. Mm. Um, and yeah, this water had been in the fridge and it um, spilled down me and it was cold. Does it get on your penis? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for your <laughs> donations, uh, and we will see you. Uh, for those of us, for, for those of you on the ten dollar tier, we'll see you in a couple of days for our generic movie podcast episode. So goodbye. Bye. Oh, do we know what we're doing for next film franchise follow-ups? No, Lilo and Stitch, the series. Maybe. For real? I, don't know. I think I feel like with everything we've got planned ahead, it might be a bit much to watch an entire yeah, series. Yeah, fuck that. Let's not do that. Bye. Bye. (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our film franchise follow-ups on High School Musical, the musical, the series. Let us know if you liked the series or if you're going to... I think there's a second season coming out. There's definitely a Christmas special I didn't watch. So all this stuff sort of exists now. Olivia Rodrigo is pretty big at the moment because her song is... um, 
sort of tailor made for uh, it, it's like the perfect song for a 17 year old demographic I guess so uh, good on her next you're going to listen to an episode of generic underscore movie underscore podcast dot exe where we talk about a 2007 film called Walk Hard the Dewey Cox story which you may have heard it is essentially a parody of musical biopics um, and what's interesting about this is you will hear Richard uh, make comparisons between this movie and Bohemian Rhapsody the the movie not the song um, which is not maybe not the newest take you've ever heard but when we recorded this it was before Patrick Willems uh, made his video about this very subject and made that very same point um, so that's you know we got there first and so here is an episode of generic movie podcast gmp or it's longer much longer title that i'm not going to say again where we talk about walk hard the dewey cox story um, what happened to your arm oh yeah i burnt it look oh. at that because i saw the photo you sent me a photo the other day and you're like oh I'm Freddy Krueger or something like that and I was yeah. like it looks like you've been attacked by leeches no nah, it's real bad I've got I've got a L-shaped blister on my arm um, uh, it looks like a with, J from well, where I'm standing that's true it's because it's reversed um, and a bunch of other marks up my arm because I was cooking I've just moved into a new flat and um the only fry pan we have is like a wok so it's not even a fry pan uh, and, and you was, wouldn't have much experience using one of those no um no because I, I i was cooking some steak and i put like a a knob of butter in the wok and then it sizzled away until it had pulled at the bottom and then i like threw didn't throw i like tossed the steak in and it went like and i was like ah and a that's steak my, and a walk. That's interesting. That's my villain origin story. <laughs> um, it, it real hurt for a bit. Um, Did you run went, under cold water for like half an hour? No, I ran under cold water for about 20 seconds. Because that's and what you're, then, spo- you're supposed to do it for fucking ages. You're supposed to do it for ages or else it hurts heaps and it mm. hurt heaps. Because um, then after I ate dinner, I immediately went for a walk and... You're also not supposed to really get like the open air on it because <laughs> that's what makes it hurt. And then I was driving around with my friends all night and I ended up with like a frozen banana that I just like painted my arm with. And then the frozen banana stopped being frozen. Um, and then I <clears throat> um, I got put some aloe vera on it and that didn't really work. And then I put a cold, I put frozen peas on it and that was all right. And then I wrapped wet toilet paper around my arm um, to keep it, the oxygen from like reaching Clean it. toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, phew. Um, and that did all right. And then I got drunk and it stopped hurting. <laughs> nice. I didn't get drunk because of the sore arm. I was already planning on getting drunk. I like how this started as a conversation and ended um, as like a... Um, you know, production. <laughs> All right. Like it started yeah. very much like, oh yeah, no, I burned myself. Uh, and uh, what actually happened was <laughs> the true story of AJ's arm burns. All right. Well, we're not here to talk about AJ's arm burns. We're if here only. to talk about uh, a movie. This is welcome to generic underscore movie underscore podcast exe. Hello. Uh, we don't need to tell you that because you are our patrons. Patrons. You guys haphazardly voted. 
earlier yeah. today for us to watch this movie. <laughs> and we watched it, and here we are to talk about it and it's maybe even release it today. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this film came out in 2007. Uh, I think it might, may have come out in 2008 here because it's like came out the last week of 2007 and then got a January release, January release in, a, in quite a few centres. Probably New Zealand. But mm. uh, yeah, so it was directed by Jake Kasdan. Do you recognise that name? Is he of of Lawrence Kasdan fame? He is. He's uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan who wrote a bunch of Star Warses. Uh, it's his son. And he also directed the best one and the worst one. <laughs> yeah. He also uh, directed Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, nice. Okay, definitely can see that that those um, traits, trademarks, director trademarks. Yeah, it's home. interesting. He's got an interesting career. Uh, Orange County um, was one of his early films. Then did Walk Hard. Bad Teacher was his next film after Walk Hard. Ooh. And then Sex Tape after that. Wow. And then Jumanji: yeah. Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> you know what though? Because when we we talked about Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle on one of the podcasts recently and I talked about how it was an acting exercise and it's mm. basically like you take you take a renowned actor and see what it looks like when they play a completely different character. Yeah. I was actually gonna say the same thing about Walkhard. So knowing they're the same director is real interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh yeah, so what what do you well, okay, we'll go over um just a bit about it. So it's it's basically it's essentially a musical biopic for a fictional musician mm-hmm. um and yeah so it stars john c Riley as dewey cox and mm-hmm. it's got it's got a pretty good cast uh, yeah, yeah. so you've got Kristen wig uh esteemed character actress margo martindale <laughs> um jenna fisher that's a bojack horseman reference i don't know if you'd get that um i don't she like I... she's she guest stars in like every season and she's always referred to as esteemed character actress margo martindale um <laughs> Uh, Jenna Fisher plays Darlene, uh, Tim Meadows, Chris Parnell, Matt Besser make up the band. Jonah Hill has a little ca- uncredited cameo. Craig Robinson, Harold Ramis, Simon Halberg, Martin Starr, Ed Helms, uh, Jack McBrayer, Nat Faxon is the first the first voice you hear in the film is Alpho from um, Disenchantment. Mm. Um, you've got you've also got uh, Jack Black. Yeah, so the there's a bunch of. Um, people one of the jokes in this film is you get um very strange castings for for celebrity cameos <laughs> yeah so true. you've got elvis presley is played by jack white um which buddy- is just weird in general because jack white isn't even known for his acting yeah ability. <laughs> um uh yeah so yeah you mentioned uh jack black paul rudd justin long and jason Schwartz- schwartzman play the beatles um, and they're all actually uncredited in the film, interestingly oh, as okay. well. Uh, but Does yeah, that mean um, they didn't get paid? No, nah, it just means that they, you know, they're not officially mm. part of it. That's <laughs> you know they can't they can't use that to try and sell the film essentially. Um, right. And Frankie Muniz plays Buddy Holly as the other big one. Mm-hmm. You also have a few celebrities appearing as themselves. You have got The Temptations make an appearance. Eddie Vedder, Jackson Brown, Jewel, Ghostface Killer, Lyle Lovett. And also, if you watch the uncut version, the unrated version, there's Cheryl Teagues makes a cameo. It's a big cast and a very expensive cast for a movie that I would say not a lot of people know about. Yeah, it's considered a box office bomb. Made $20 million on a $35 million budget. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because I knew of this movie 
for so long all i knew about this movie was like the basic premise i thought it was like just a straight up walk the line parody um which it's not not that um (laughs) and i didn't watch it uh, until uh you and i started flatting together and you're like it's one of my favorite movies and i watched it then and uh, yeah i get it yes yeah this is legitimately (laughs) one of my favorite movies and i was thinking about this today that in terms of films I've seen the most times, this is this could actually be in like the top three. Wow! Uh, like like three or three to five. Like since I've been like conscious of watching movies, so you know, there's there's movies I probably watched on repeat when I was a baby and don't remember or whatever. But mm. uh, yeah, like Walk Hard, uh, Back to the Future, Hot Fuzz, and yeah. I guess like Toy Story as well would be mm. like the films that they're like my happy place films. You know that you can just yeah, put yeah. on. And you always feel like watching them, and and the, and th- the also thing about this movie is it goes by really quickly. I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, uh, it, it, you're, you're expecting it to, well, because it's like someone's life in a very Forrest Gumpian kind of way. Mm. You're kind of expected to be real long, but yeah. it's not really. Yeah. The, the one, one interesting thing. So this film's 96 minutes, and there is a what's referred to as the unbearably long self-indulgent director's cut. Mm-hmm. Which, um, so I had this on DVD for many years and I had it on Blu ray. Uh, I have it on Blu ray now, but I always thought the DVD had like an unrated version or something like that. And so mm-hmm. for years I watched that and it was like, oh, this is different from the theatrical version, which I, I did see this film in the theater as well. I'm like, you know, one of those. Oh, how, I, how'd you know you wanted to see it? Um, <laughs> like, you know actually, I mean? we're talking about like- that because because just today I was like, fuck, I actually remember like my whole day that I went to go see Walk Hard, but, um, Anyway, I um, yeah, so I, I watched this about three months ago because I found out Jess had never seen it, and I was like, "We're watching it tonight." Yeah. And then I, I was like, oh, "I'll watch the unrated version." So I went to on the Blu-ray and, and went to the um, the like unbearably long director's cut, and there was like this film I've seen like a dozen times, just had like half an hour of stuff I've never seen before in it. Wow. And so like, I thought I'd always been watching the director's cut, but I just must have never actually seen it. Because there was so much stuff in it. I was like, I don't remember this at all. Uh, if you're out there and you're like, oh, man, I love this movie, I actually wouldn't recommend the director's cut. It doesn't really improve anything. There's one thing that I was like, that's really interesting that that's in there. Um, near the end of the film when Dewey and his band are kind of breaking up and um, Chris Parnell's character, uh, Matt Bess's character is like, Oh, you slept with my wife. And then um, Chris Parnell's like, you slept with me too. Mm. And the him sleeping with Chris Parnell is actually in the extended cut. <laughs> and it's interesting they kept that joke in but got rid of the like. Yeah, because it, it, works, it works without seeing it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's funnier without it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I was thinking about this today. And it was, yeah, I had this moment where I realized like, I remember what shirt I was wearing that day. What was it? Um, but it was a Ramones shirt that said "Hey Ho, Let's Go" on the back, and sure. um, but I remember this because I was like meeting up with a girl at the mall, and so I was like, I would have been like fourteen, just about to turn fifteen, and yeah, I was meeting up with this girl, and she was quite experienced, and I was very nervous, and so we met up, but I was like with the guys, and she was like gonna hang out with us. And then we kind I kind of got too scared and she sort of just like followed us around the mall and then we went to the movies and um, then she was like texting me during the movie. 
Um, but I remember oh my shirt said, hey-ho, let's go on the back because she thought it was a dig at her. <laughs> so it's just the, the opening line from Blitzkrieg Bop. Um, oh my gosh. And then I remember... Imagine going, you, you planning your outfit around that. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to wear my hey-ho shirt to call her a ho. Um, but yeah, so I, I went with this group of guys. It was actually the same guys that I went to see High School Musical 3 with three times. And... Uh, we saw this movie and at the end of it one of them turned to me and was like because you know it ends with the 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 big performance that sums up dewey cox's entire life and then it flashes up and said dewey died three minutes after this performance and that says dewey cox 1939 to 2007 or something like that um or 1936 to 2007 and at the end of the film one of my friends turned to me and was like oh did that actually happen and i was like what he's like did he actually die like Right after that performance, I was like, "None of this actually happened." <laughs> like, he got, he got, he got uh, forgotten, silvered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the end of the film, that that's the one thing that he took issue with was like, that's a bit <laughs> unlikely that he died three minutes later. Uh, so we were talking before the podcast about how this is kind of a hard film to discuss because it's like it's just real fun to quote, but how much mm. is there actually to say about it? So I do want to. You know, don't want to discount that at all. And so I would like to hear, like, what are your favorite um, jokes and bits of the film? Um, well, I think it's important, to, if you haven't seen it, it's important to understand the tone of comedy it is. Because it's not, it's not like a grounded comedy. It's more like a, it's almost like an SNL sketch. Like it's, there's a lot of ridiculousness in it akin to something you'd see in like, it's it's not quite as wild as something like Scary Movie, um, but it's not grounded either. Like, because yeah. Dewey Cox's character is a parody of each time era that he lives through basically yeah. like he has a, a bob dylan phase and stuff so with that in mind there's jokes in it like um when when you see him as a kid and he's with his brother and they're walking around and his brother has as, as kids his brother's talking about how he's so excited about how he's going to live such a long life and that he's going to accomplish so much in his life without dying yeah. prematurely and then of course he dies prematurely right so you see it coming because it's a musical biopic and that's what happens in musical biopics yeah. um but the line that real got me this time was when uh, Dewey Cox's band is being introduced when he's 14 at, at his high school talent show or something. The guy comes out, the um, the like principal order comes out, he goes, good evening, ladies and germs. And then it like pans over the crowd and everyone's cracking up at him saying germs instead of gentlemen. And he's like... All right. What is he saying? Like, I, I know, know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, so I really love that brand of humor in this where it's like, it's something someone will do something that's not funny but or not how you would react to it and then someone will react in the opposite way of what you're yeah. expecting which is kind of what another example of that is when um uh they the so the record execs in the 50s are three um like hasidic jews <laughs> and, and they they take him into the recording booth and he's recording um that's a moray and it's like a it's like a a, a um adequate cover of that Zamora, right it's not there's nothing really that wrong it's, with it's it. just it's cheesy yeah yeah and the the guy recording it is like this is the worst thing i've ever heard and he stops him and he's like you you have ruined he's like you've ruined you've shaken Zamora. my faith in the jewish people <laughs> you've shaken my faith in the jewish people which i thought was so funny um because it's a, yeah it's stuff like that where yeah, it's so like i, I people... love the line that um Dewey cox says in response there he's like i'd like nothing more than to restore your faith in judaism <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so it's stuff like that is, is all through it like very exact like he 
marries Kristen Wiig when he's 14 and she's 12 and by the end of the film he just somehow has like 30 children that he's fathered <laughs> to all these different women yeah. and he like tries to reconnect with all of them so it's very it's very ridiculous so stuff like that yeah it gets it gets real funny uh, when it's like being purposefully um yeah. obtuse and purposefully like self-parody yeah i love the um like uh tv tropes refers to it as the like the as you as you know trope where people mm-hmm. will just like say things that they already know like um like when they meet the beatles and it's like you know it reminds me of when us the beatles the four yeah, beatles yeah. yes from liverpool yes we are from liverpool <laughs> like, and then at the end of, at the end of the scene paul Rudd, who's playing paul mccartney just quietly is like da 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 because we are the beatles <laughs> it's like yeah. this this it's like the whole thing feels like a um like a play that your school your class some kids in your class yeah. would put on at the school camp because they like they, they don't have time to convince you that they're the beatles so they just, <laughs> they just say yeah. they are for, for comedic effect yeah um what else yeah the because because so we didn't mention it but john c Riley starts playing dewey cox from like 14 years old but everyone else around him apart from Kristen yeah, Wiig yeah. is played by 14 year olds so yeah so it's the same thing so his mum goes up to him and she's like how are you my 14 year old son and yeah. he's like come on mom not in front of the fellas <laughs> and then and then like when chris Kristen Wiig is also adult form when and she, she's like i'm going with him i'm 12 years old yeah i'm dewey <laughs> cox's 12 year old girlfriend yeah, I so, love, um, so that's that's all through it it's yeah like yeah. lampshade hanging like gratuitous lampshade hanging it's yeah it's like i forgot to say this at the start but like if you haven't seen this movie go watch it like oh, this is we've already spoiled the best jokes yeah the but ending, like but if go you watch it. if you like this podcast and you like like our sense of humor like this is this film was like 100 percent my sense of humor i, I find yeah, this yeah. so funny i can watch over and over again and i still like I'm, I'm still laughing out loud i was just watching it by myself and i saw it like yeah like i said like two three months ago and i just watched it again this morning hmm um i mean this afternoon after the poll ended um (laughs) but yeah so i do want to quickly point out one of my favorite (laughs) got me today is when margot martindale plays his mum um because he he loses his sense of smell as like the subplot which i guess is a parody of ray um being blind and (laughs) margot martindale's like you gonna smell blind and the way she says it's so funny she's what? like on the verge of tears and then in the next scene she's like oh you learn to play the guitar so well even without your sense of smell and he's like it's okay ma i learned to play by ear <laughs> i also really like he's got a it's so it's basically like someone poured all the tropes of a musical biopic and made fun of them and like exaggerated them so one of the things is of course like his his dad who doesn't approve of him and when he accidentally kills his brother at the start his dad's like you know what i think the wrong kid died which in a in like an oscar baity very serious film would be like this horrific moment that's yeah. like devastating says the character but he just says it so many times throughout the movie and it'll come back it cuts back to one point he's like doing something he's like the wrong kid died the wrong kid died or like and he's just the, it they himself. see each other and he's like i'll see it wrong kid dad <laughs> uh it's like yeah it's it's like a throwback to a type of comedy that isn't very prevalent or welcomed yeah because anymore. it's that i i guess i'd call it like an affectionate parody mm. like but at, at the same time it's so malicious in everything it does like yeah. but it, it comes from to be able to take something down as expertly as it has yeah um you have to know and love the material 
Mm. I guess Dewey like- Cox, it's Mr. Cox, it's time for you to go on. You better hold off, son. Dewey Cox has got to think about his whole life. <laughs> it's like yeah. at the start of the movie, that's what bookends it is like him, yeah. him explicitly thinking about his whole life. <laughs> yeah, but um, which and so let, let's talk about this. Is that so? This basically killed the musical biopic for a, a decade. Like, did the, it actually the, kill it, or should it have killed it? No, it did. Like for for at least like a decade. Like there was no. Because before this, we had like The Doors and we had Ray and Walk the Line. It was like quite a popular thing. And then there was like, this came out and was like, this is why what you're doing is so stupid. And mm. then so after that, you know, they did like um, biopics to uh, look like Love and Mercy, the one about um, Brian Wilson, which is has Paul Dano and uh, what's his name? He's got a sister called Joan. John. John Cusack, Cusack. John Cusack. Um, and um, playing them at different times. Like they all sort of had to have a different kind of hook. And then the last 12 months, uh, we've gotten uh, the highest grossing musical biopic of all time uh, in the form of Bohemian Rhapsody, which I've spoken about <laughs> at length on this podcast. And I'll continue to speak at length about um, in the I future. Hope- can someone, can one of our hardcore listeners out there please do the maths and work out by the end of the Oscar season podcast we're doing, work out how many minutes we've spent talking about Bohemian Rhapsody? Because I have the secret desire for it to be the most, like, if yeah. there's a pie chart of all the films we ever talk about <laughs> on this podcast, like Bohemian it's Rhapsody. It's 50% like Bohemian one. Rhapsody and 50% yeah. every other film <laughs> yeah, in every yeah. film franchise for uh, yeah. yeah, so because there's there's actually been a lot of think pieces and like articles out basically praising walk hard and saying like this is why it killed there's uh rolling stone did one uh that i was reading this morning about how essentially it just sort of lists all the things but like it has um let's do a quiz which dialogue comes from a parody film if one mm. of you was hit by a truck and you was lying in that gutter dying and you had one time to sing one song, one song that people would remember for, remember before your dirt, one song that would let God know what you felt about your time here on earth, one song that would sum you up, are you telling me that's the song you'd sing? And the other one is, if somehow you're able to sing a song now bringing these boys together whom you haven't even met before and make something so personal, so new, that the whole world takes notice and your life is never the same again, I'm telling you right now, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Which one? They're both ridiculous. Yeah, the second one is from Walk Hard. First one right. is from uh, Walk the Line. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, uh, <laughs> I've spoken about this so much already, but the, uh, there's a, a series on YouTube, like I like, you don't, but it's a guy called Ryan George. Check them out if you're interested as well. Ryan George, he's got a real funny YouTube channel. But he does these pitch meetings where he like, it's him playing a record, uh, you know, movie exec and so and yeah. a script writer. Who, and he's being like, just makes, making movies sound ridiculous, essentially. And the one for Bohemian Rhapsody is like, all right, so you've got a biopic for me. He's like, yep. Uh, so I was thinking about, I'll uh, just take one of the existing biopics and just kind of change the name. He's like, oh, okay, what one did you go for? He's like, walk hard. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's a parody of this. And he's like, oh, whoops. But yeah, because, and that's the thing is that like, maybe if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen Walk Hard, you won't find it as egregious. But I was laughing in some scenes of Bohemian Rhapsody because Bohemian Rhapsody starts just before Live Aid and then they go 
Freddy, you're on now. And he's thinking about his whole life and then it cuts back. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, well, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody is a parody of Walk Hard. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, was one, there, there was one extra joke that I, I mentioned to you. I picked up another joke that might, may or may not be intentional, but it's very subtle and it made me laugh because of since watched Bohemian Rhapsody. But so, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody has gotten a lot of flack for not being truthful. Mm-hmm. And uh, Walk Hard ends with a post, has a post credit scene that says like the real Dewey Cox. And it's just uh, John C. Riley in different makeup singing with a slightly different voice doing it. And because, you know, how, like every kind of yeah, biopic yeah. has like, uh, you know, with a real person. Yeah. So it's a major plot point in Walk Hard that, Dewey Cox hasn't performed, hasn't picked up a guitar in 30 years. And in the post credit scene, it's footage of him singing in 2002, five years before his um, thing. So I was like, that's another like way right. of showing that they made things up in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like he actually did this was, performance in 2002. I was watching that. I reckon they should have had Seth Rogen be the real Dewey Cox at the end instead of putting different makeup on John C. Riley or, you know, someone who's still a celebrity but looks a bit different because yeah. the way he's singing and everything is very like, yeah, this is like definitely the real person compared to the Hollywoodized version yeah, yeah. from the film. But um, yeah, there's like a, um, there, there's all these, they, they did a bunch of uh, special features and stuff that are on the DVD and they kind of were released around the time. But they're like, talking about how John C. Riley is the perfect person to play Dewey Cox. And he's like, I didn't discover him until college. You know, I was like, people, uh, what, what's the sign? They said it's Dewey Cox. And they're like, how have you not heard of him? You are. And it's like, you compare photos of us at the same time. And it's, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they got like all these like industry people to talk about like just how much they love Cox and stuff like this. <laughs> um, that's cool. I think one thing that I really like about uh, Walk Hard um and it's a similar thing I really liked in Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Mm-hmm. And it's more prevalent in Walk Hard, but I'd say like the songs are quite good and they're not that they they are laden with parody, but not as explicitly as you might be expecting. Like yeah. so one thing I really like about Never Stop Never Stopping is um the the fuck off song. Yeah. It's which like, is a deleted the, scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fuck off in um in Never Stop Never Stopping. Which would be a good movie to cover on this podcast. Actually. Yeah, it would be actually. Um or Hot Rod. Another I love yeah. Hot Rod. Hot or Rod's Watchmen. my war card. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the the fuck off is like it's it's like the the premise was let's make a really like uh what's the right accurate sounding pop song and then give it ridiculous lyrics yeah so it's it's a if you were to replace the words fuck off with with like um buzz off shut up yeah shut up it'll be you know because it's like fuck off and like for for the words fuck off to be your your lyrical vocal hook in a song is a legitimate thing you listen to pop songs and there's always like a a lot of them anyway have like a a phrase that is the 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 malleable line yeah um and in a similar way in walk hard like especially the the titular song walk Mm. hard it's nothing's funny about it like yeah, it's yeah. just a real cool song that yeah. they do a couple of sillier songs later there's one called let's duet that's like a bunch of sexual innuendos yeah. and uh, let me hold you again. little man which is like standing up for the um yeah for little people yeah yeah um but walk, walk hard specifically is like 
it sounds like a real song and it, it reminds me of the first movie we ever did for generic underscore movie underscore podcast mm. on exe which is josie and the pussycats because the songs in josie and the pussycats again they aren't parodies they are they sound like real songs that were from an alternate universe that had the same where blink 182 was all female yeah yeah it just yeah. it sounds like a real song and i think that's something that i really like about walk hard is that it's yeah realistic like songs. um so this was produced by judd apatow yeah and... he, he wrote it as well he oh, was yeah, yeah. a screenwriter yeah yeah um yeah i think it was yeah him and jake kasdan wrote it because i think it was jake kasdan like had the idea and was like he's like let's do a musical biopic but just it's it's silly and, J- and jab was like yep let's do it yeah um but yeah john apatow i saw one of the future featurettes i was watching this morning and he said like the the greatest joke in this film is that the songs are fantastic yeah well it, it builds because what what's so clever about it is that it it's like the if you were to watch it on it's almost like if you were like watch it on mute it you wouldn't even recognize it as a comedy you mm. maybe well that's another thing would. is that um jake kasdan said that uh it's about like the cinematography takes it really seriously but the actors yeah, exactly. don't and he yeah. said it's it's like um just like someone hijacking an actual biopic yeah that's that's exactly what i was going to say is that a lot of effective parody and a lot of comedy that people um really cherish a lot of the reason why it's done so well is because it's still uh it takes it takes a certain part seriously because that's funnier than not taking it seriously yeah like you wonder why a film like walk hard i would argue till i'm blue in the face red in the face or blue in the face you pick um that (laughs) that walk hard is a funnier movie than scary movie three right i would argue that even though you could argue they're similar they are but scary movie three doesn't take its world seriously anything can happen whereas walk hard bar a few like extraordinary things like people getting chopped in half and being able to survive that like it takes its world seriously and the moments it doesn't where it feels like the facade is breaking like a character will acknowledge that they're 14 even though they look like they're 45 like that that is a that's like a tension release almost Mm. and it's and it's it's also doing that old technique that is like acknowledge the problem before the audience does so that they can't tell you off for it yeah you know uh i do actually want to mention as well what do you reckon this has on rotten tomatoes i reckon it's could it could be quite low especially because it had a box off it was a box office bomb and well i don't know what is it Uh, i guess give me a random Uh, i'm gonna go 40 percent i'd say 74 percent Okay, so oh, it's actually cool. rated higher than Bohemian Rhapsody um, <laughs> for those out there taking score. Uh, yeah, and uh, John C. Riley actually does all the singing and guitar playing as yeah, well, yeah. which you is can, which is really good. Tell. He's such a good singer. Like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, the and another thing I was looking at is that like so a lot of the songs like uh, you know they they have something a little bit silly in them. So like yeah. like Walk Hard takes itself quite seriously, but I think the walk hard the dewey cox story is supposed to be you know a bit of a dirty joke that hard cox you know you get it i see i've never even put that together before but sure well you know yeah it's supposed to apply you know there's something a little bit funny but i like that they don't lean on the his last name being cox as a joke very much they do a couple times yeah, there's a couple not, times yeah it, if you didn't know if you were a little kid and didn't know that what cox meant you yeah. wouldn't pick up but on it. um 
yeah so like most of the songs have like something that's a little bit silly about them even if it's just like a parody but the the at the end it ends with this song called beautiful ride which is Mm. dewey's song that sums up his entire life and it's i get there's nothing funny about it it's beautiful it gives me chills i'm pretty sure i've cried watching it before and other times but and i was watching the feature about the guys that wrote it they said they sort of came in they had 10 pages of lyrics because they were like doing all this stuff and they realized like we can't not make this serious this we've actually got the chance to write like a really good song kind of thing and so that's why that scene is overlaid with heaps of visual comedy because the song is so earnest and and it's like they they do earn it by the end of the movie oh yeah yeah like because because there there are lesser movies that have tried to have a really serious moment at the end and it doesn't work. Do you know who does that that I've never been a big fan of? Who? John Hughes. Really? I feel like John Hughes never balanced comedy with drama well enough for my Actually, liking. do you know what? It was always very jarring whenever it got yeah. serious. Have you seen it? Planes, Trains and Automobiles? Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to bring up. Yeah, I watched that uh, like a few days ago for the first time. And because everyone was like, because I'd seen a bunch of comments on Reddit, people were like, I watched it again. It's actually not a comedy. It's real serious. Yeah. And I watched it. Like, I'm not a fan of the... Um, straight lace person gets paired with a real annoying character and due to the antics of the annoying character uh, the straight lace person keeps getting screwed over and nothing bad ever happens to the annoying character um, genre yeah yeah and <laughs> that's like real you know leans on it quite heavily and then at the end it's like oh you know here's something sad and it's like I don't know that you've I I feel that strongly about this yeah yeah and like that scene where he's like you know what I like me and I remember when I first saw that, I was like, this isn't movie ruining, but it's too much. I don't, I, I, I quite I don't that. care enough. Did you? Yeah, okay. but I, I didn't care about the character then. I, I think because I'd seen that scene out of context before and mm. I and I was like, oh, this must be this big, powerful speech at the end. And it's like, okay, this is like the first conversation they have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's that was a real interesting film for me to watch. Mm. Interestingly, do you know that film, despite there's, there's a scene where over the course of exactly 60 seconds, the F word is used 18 times. Yeah. And uh, it was rated PG in New Zealand, was the only place it was rated PG. Everywhere else it was R. Yeah, I think that's stupid. Just don't do that in the, the movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I, I remember watching that being like, what the hell? Like, none <laughs> yeah. of the rest of the movie is like that. Yeah, that is very strange. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, this movie. And so we're speaking about the music. Uh, I'd let you know as well the mu- the guys who wrote the music for this they have a little cameo as his band when he is doing the um, variety show in the 70s mm-hmm. but they also wrote the music for Get Him to the Greek oh, a similar thing isn't it yeah the the songs in Get Him to the Greek maybe maybe a little bit more on the silly side but they're still um, serious and same with Forgetting Sarah Marshall as yeah. well they're still like they, they are songs that could exist in yeah. the current I, pop I climate. I think Chase and Siegel wrote them climate. for Forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm. but these guys wrote... So they wrote like Furry Walls, African mm. Child, mm. and yeah, all those. But nice. yeah, so AJ, would you... You know, let's pitch a sequel, or what would you like to see? Oh, where, where's... Dude, where's my sequel? Yeah. Um, I didn't think about this at all, actually. I was trying to think about it during... Because I was like... The, the, I'd either like to see because I mean because you know spoiler alert he dies at the end of it and so you can't you just continue but I, I'd love to see John C. Riley playing Dewey Cox again you know maybe, maybe it's like 
it's a smaller film that's you know the the untold years that that yeah. they've just unearthed this thing that um either there or it's like what's another genre that needs a takedown like this yeah yeah that'd be the ways to go with it Do yeah. you have a genre in mind no well, i was thinking like like superhero seems like the obvious one that people nah. are like get rid of it but this superheroes played with so much already that i would want to do a coming of age takedown because but, yeah that's a really good one because actually. i i saw perks of being a wallflower way <laughs> too late in my life yeah to the point where because because i'm i'm a sucker for coming of age a good coming of age i think is really good but coming of age has to evolve because the tropes of it become so ham-fisted after a while and perks of being a wallflower like literally has a scene where a character they stand up at the in the back of a trailer and they're like in a tunnel and they lift their arms out and david bowie's playing and they've never heard of david bowie before for some reason (laughs) and they're like i hate that fucking scene and, and they're like we are infinite and that's a line from that movie we are infinite and i wish there was a coming of age film that parodied that well enough to have come out before perks of being a wallflower so we could be having the same conversation that we've just had about bohemian rhapsody about perks of being a wallflower because perks felt like i remember watching this and being like you can't do this anymore it's too late this is too this is too garish now to do so i'd want to do something that parodies something like um timothy chalamet movies <laughs> you know that that would be the angle that's a real, and get timothy chalamet to play the guy as well yeah exactly uh that's a for real this is this is one of those like rare dude we should write this <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah the coming of the coming of age dewey cox like walk hard version yeah you know? that's so good man um yeah basically <laughs> a wolf lab man that was like I'd heard nothing but good things about that film, and then I watched it, and I was like, "Is everybody fucking high? What? Like <laughs> this movie's so stupid." Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'm talking. Yeah. So okay, you need to have. There needs to be someone dying from the start, like like me and Earl and the dying girl. Like there's a yeah. there's a doomed main character. Um, there's a. Um, it's got to have the, voiceover. Yeah, there's got to have voiceover. It's got to have like moments where a character moves in slow motion to a a song that is iconic because of the film. Like I'm talking, like Lady Bird's another example. Like yeah, yeah, me, like this the- time, and and like some of them are great. And that's the thing about Walk Hard is that I don't think they're saying all of these films are terrible. No, they're saying these tropes are are tired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so there there you go. There's my dude. Oh, my dude, sequel. that's so good. What would you call it? um ah they've all got such um like the perks of being a wallflower is like a classic pretentious name yeah but yeah. you need also like be able to come across that this is maybe not your average the the unsolicited history of darren jensen like so, there you go it's like you could no because that's more of a that's like a decade old that that plot that title structure whereas now yeah. it's more like call me by your name or beautiful boy or ladybird quite affectionate eighth, eighth grade yeah yeah quite things that evoke a nostalgic quality to them so it'll be called like yeah yeah like yeah taking ple- down like 90s nostalgia <laughs> yeah yeah what'd you say <laughs> please and thank you is a title yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh um, that's yeah. such a good idea i really like that fresh boy that's what it's called <laughs> um yeah and and you could even have like your i'm just leaving high school but i'm like clearly 28 (laughs) yeah 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 nice Mm. good stuff we did it there's some tasty only 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 our cult leader patrons can know about this idea as well yeah so if it gets made 
we, we know have who. a list of who. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool, cool. Yeah, so AJ, what are your like happy place films? Uh The Mummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mummy is one that's like my brother watched it so much when we were kids that like it's not even annoying if I see it every day now. Yeah. Like it's just something that can fade into the background for me. I'm talking of course about uh Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Mm, um, not Boris can- Carlos. <laughs> no, no, uh, the Brendan Fraser one. Um and similarly the mu- the Mummy Returns. Um so the, you know those are options um i really like um i get a lot of shit for this these days but uh 500 days of summer which i've seen i've gone on record oh, you before would say saying is is one of my favorite movies but that's that's one i can watch at any time i think um just because i enjoy so much of what makes it up um forgetting sarah marshall is probably another one as well mm, i've seen yeah, i've seen nice. that quite a lot of times Same, yeah. um let me think um I don't know, it'd be, it'd be all my favourite movies. Um, Back to the Future and mm. um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and, and things like that, I think, are all all ones that really speak to me and that I enjoy showing people them. So it's not yeah. like a chore to watch. I've watched Sorry to Bother You three times in the last few months. <laughs> I saw it once at the theatres, then once at a free screening, and then once last night with some friends. And I was like, I love this movie, but I don't want to see it again for a while. <laughs> I've seen it so many times now. <laughs> yeah. Mm. uh it's a good walk hard is a very good movie <laughs> yeah i'd recommend it i'd say it's it's a, it's another one of those ones that like i'd categorize with um when we covered the scream series or even ready player one how we acknowledged that it was like the 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 like we're 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 sad to admit that this is a very fair representation of what our podcast is is the ready player one film like i'd put it in that category of like if you want to be on board if you want to understand what we're like i'd say walk hard is a really good movie to to understand why we find what we find funny and also like if you saw bohemian rhapsody and you were like best film of the best film i've seen since the greatest showman Mm. watch walk hard and you'll see why i don't like it yeah 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 and also because it's a bad film I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I mentioned to my new flatmates that I needed to watch it, and before they could talk about how they liked it, I said, I heard it's real bad. <laughs> nice. So we'll see how it goes when yeah, I, I like, watch it. I don't know. Part of me wants you to like it, but I also know that you're too smart for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think I am too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, I watched a... Um, there was like a clip on Twitter that was like this film's nominated for best editing and it was Bohemian Rhapsody and it's like just a scene of them talking it's um so you can look out for it it's like they're on like a waterfront and they're at Mm -hmm. like a table outside and um they it's like people will just like walk into shot that like should have been visible in a shot earlier and like all this kind of stuff and like it just cuts to reaction shots at the randomest times and yeah there was like all these people being like even if you're an even if you're not an editor you should be able to tell this is terrible editing yeah 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 the basic understanding of what an editor does yeah yeah cool cool okay well is that are we done yeah i think so walk hard walk hard watch it go watch it i love it so much i've got the soundtrack i used to have it in my car and i would just blast it all the time
Okay, thank you very much for listening to this, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed this little sample pack. We will be back next week with the return of film franchise Fortnite's. But until then, if you enjoyed these two uh, exclusive Patreon episodes, why not sign up to our Patreon? For as little as $1 a month, you can support the the, the Cold Popshire podcast and get rewards such as telling us which franchises we should cover or any of these podcasts that you've just heard or um um you can also join our movie club where we discuss a film together once a month and it's recorded on zoom and then we post it to cult popshire 2 the youtube channel where we post anything that doesn't quite fit the main channel such as this podcast you're listening to um if you can't support us monetarily that is all good why not join the discord and come say hi there's a link to that in the show notes you can also like our facebook page you can subscribe to us on the cult popshire channel as well as cult popshire 2 you can also so if you follow us on Instagram and Twitter um, and you can uh, email us at media at gmail.com. So do all these things and um, that's that's enough for us. We just want to know that our content hasn't been thrown out into the void. It doesn't have to be with money that you support us. Uh, it can be with your friendship. So get on all those things and we'll see you guys next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.